river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 128. So, when last we left our hero, you had defeated Castruccio Ravetti. Yes. Um, and gone back and talked to everyone in Sundry about it. Yes. And I believe the last session was mostly just wrap-up and talking from there. Yeah, um, I suspect I got a, um... I experimented with blight and received a number of cool sword abilities. Uh, yes, you you spoke briefly to Titania and you um, played with the swords extensively. Yes, and discovered that um, I now have the option for um, some staggeringly awesome combo weapons. Yep, that you have multi swords that merge with each other and etc. etc. Et yes. So um, I believe that Kaylin's plan was that he was going to do. A little bit of treasure division, yeah. So that he's well equipped for his mission into the Thousand Voices Forest, yeah. And then he was going to take Bryn and um, head out to return Kestrasuravetti's body to his people. Yep. So several of the party members looked at Uravetti's gauntlets, Bryn in particular, but just nobody's quite prepared to wear them because they're Uravetti's. Yeah, I can see why Bryn doesn't want to. Um, Michaela, who likes things that help her to live, is going to take that belt of dwarven kind. Sure. Uh, she has a belt of giant strength on, but she's going to replace that by upping it to the um, high end uh, Go- gauntlets. gauntlets. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so she will take the belt of dwarven kind. Uh, Bryn is going to take the cloak of etherealness. Awesome. Less to wear regularly because she's got that dragonfly cloak, and more because she likes the idea of being able to move unseen through walls. Yeah, certainly something she can put on when she desires to. Um, big spender Tristan. Yeah, is going to take the amulet of the plains. Wow. Okay. For a grand total of sixty thousand gold pieces. Oh, all right. Well, that's a um, that's a sum of money and no mistake. This is uh, this, this is a remarkable item, and if I let this chance slide, I may never see it again. This 
and he steers deep into the swirling gem. This could be a portal to anywhere. It's also a portal home. Between homes. Can take you there and can take you back. That's why he wants it. Yep. Because it can take him to the first world and yep. back again. Yep. A capacity that he will never otherwise gain himself. Because it's not something bards can do? Correct. Yep. Pretty confident bards can't play shift. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the sort of thing that they would be able to do. Uh, in fact, nobody here in your party can. Yep. Because Michaela is not high enough in cleric levels. Oh, she might be headed there. Yeah. If she's not already. Um, and Svetlana is a ways under it because the wizard plane shifting is further away. Yeah. And um, as well, there's some, you know, given Svetlana's a sorceress, she may not ever decide that yeah. that's her priority. Yeah. Of the ridiculous, very short list of ridiculously high level spells she will oh. one day be able to cast. Given her bloodline is, is of the gin. Yeah, plane shift would make a certain amount of sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, Tristan is going to buy it because he's also the guy that can make the intelligence check to operate it, standing on his head. Yeah, I looked at that and I, I, I read as far as if you make the wrong, if you fail the intelligence check, you'll be trapped in the wrong plane. I said, you know what, Kayla doesn't want to do. Make an intelligence check, will be trapped in the wrong plane. <laughs> Michaela is going to grab a um, uh, scroll of true seeing. She would also like the um, dimensional shackles, but um, can't really afford them. And I already bought those. Yeah. I want the dimensional shackles, and I can't afford them. Right, I thought it was the things you'd marked with K that were the ones that you'd bought. I, I had thought I had crossed that off and marked it with a K. Uh, no, it is missing a K. My apologies. Just yeah, That one has a K. Yep, that's the one that I missed. My apologies. Regardless, she can't really afford them anyway. Yeah. Um... And Svetlana is going to take the Ring of Evasion yep. on the basis that um, she's got a nice high reflex save. She likes evading. She actively throws area effect spells sometimes at herself. Yeah. Um, and people sometimes retaliate by throwing area effect spells back at her. And that now divides your party very sharply into the people that are incredibly agile and the people that clank when they walk. Yeah. Which is just me and Michaela in the clanking pile. You and Michaela are now the only characters that don't have evasion. That's hilarious. Wait, why does Tristram have evasion? He's also wearing a ring of evasion. That's hilarious. He um, either bought it flat out, or there was one previously in Treasure. I think I, there might have been one I previously there was in one Treasure. Around in Vorticai's day. Yeah, because Caelan doesn't buy many rings, because, yeah. you know, freedom of movement is the bomb, and he really likes Feather Falling, because, you know, if he yeah. falls off a cliff, it's not like he's going to make a tumble check. Yeah. <laughs> And um, Michaela does not qualify to use evasion anyway because she is in heavy armor. Yeah. And ain't, ain't given up her heavy armor. Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> well, I mean, she could in theory have mithril plate, at which point she could evade. Yeah. I think. I'd have to look it up. But she's she's got the armor of invulnerability on. Yeah. The R instead. Cool beans. Cool beans. So that's all good. Um. I'm happy to buy out of the party fund any scrolls that anyone has their eye on. I don't think so. Um. Like, Caleb would buy some. Like, I just kind of crossed off the scroll of critical wounds. I figured we just kind of gave those to first. 
mostly the people that can cast them, uh, the people that are actually capable of casting these scrolls, the sort of people who don't need them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, I mean, I would love the ability to see invisibility, but I can't cast the scroll. Yeah. And, like, Tristan probably wouldn't mind that either, but he can't cast it's the scroll. scroll either. The yeah. only one who can cast it is Svetlana, who knows the invisibility. Yeah, at which but... point, shit, it's really not saving her or anything that's worth the um, cost of admission. There's a couple more scrolls on the back, which I suspect are in the same boat, but there's one or two. Indeed they are. Cool. So that's fine, then. So, um... You're welcome to keep the treasure long enough cool. to note down what people are buying. So, let me declare what Kaelin has purchased. Yep. So, Kaelin has purchased a pair of dimensional shackles. Um, he has pigeon- purchased Onslaught, Iravetti's Feybane plus one reconfiguring lance, which is also anything else you want it to be. Yep. Um, and it's amazing. Um, he bought an elixir of vision on the basis that if he needs to make a search check, he probably needs a potion. He bought a scroll of commune, which he's just put... It, the kingdom bought a scroll of commune, which is put on the kingdom's yep. list. Kingdom has a scroll of commune. Um, and he bought some dust of disappearance on the basis that he would like the capacity to be greater and visible and... This is probably the only way that's going to happen. Um, and then we just sold the rest of this vast pile of stuff. Yep. Um, nobody wanted a ring of protection plus two? Everyone's got better rings? Uh, no, nobody wanted to trade in their existing rings for it. Yeah, that's fair. It's not necessarily that they have better rings, it's that they have rings they want more. Alright, and we simulate the hell out of the kingdom's economy by selling all these vast piles of awesome stuff yep. um, the other thing I had down was checking relationship points you thought I might have qualified for things uh, yes okay I've got my relationship sheet yep so Tristan yep um, at some point he says to you I appreciate I really appreciate what you did for Elora and Marlon and their son I, you no, it can't necessarily have been what you wanted to do to let them go. And I'm sure there are people who would disagree how much we're involved in bandits on in other kingdoms, but you put a family back together again. That's the part that matters. You have aided the River Raisers. They are undoubtedly better off than they were, so you yep. have a relationship point with him. Cool! It didn't sit entirely well with me, but they worked hard for us, and they were a family, and I guess that that means something. I just kind of hope they'll go a little bit straighter, and certainly that they won't, if they're not, that they won't come near us again. The next one, Michaela? Yep. She says, different conversation, different time entirely. It's, it's over. The war, I mean. We won. Aye, ah, it seems so. It's, um... I wasn't expecting Irovetti to just, um, fly out of nowhere on a clockwork dragon after I'd only just it's got done losing them. I was 
never seems to do what I expect of him, which wouldn't be so vexing if I don't seem to constantly do what he expects of me. But I guess he really is dead now. I've always thought of war as something of a failure state of the game of diplomacy. Once you're down to armies instead of words, to some extent you're already lost because nobody gets out of it without casualties. We did remarkably well, though, all things considered. I have to admit I was worried. Army battles are so... out of your control. Aye. Even with all the best preparation, a whim of fate can still turn at the wrong wind at the wrong time. A surprise attack could have all gone wrong really easily. And... With Gorham's hand turned against us, it could have gone wrong very easily, very quickly, depending on how much you believe in his influence and those superstitions. I think we did the right thing getting that muggy off our backs, though. I know the War Sworn wasn't easy or pleasant in any fashion. If nothing else, it made the men feel better, but I, I think it accomplished something on a more divine level, too. If he's not pleased with us, at least the Lord Nine's happy with us. At least he's not mad. At, at least he's prepared to let it, it bygones be bygones. Always a good place to be. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't sit with myself not to destroy the sword after what I saw, but it made things hard with a lot of people. And the Lord and Iron isn't someone I want to be crosswise of. Don't particularly want to be crosswise of any deity, leastways excepting the evil ones about whom I don't so much care, but it's important that we win it's important that we win the battles and really we kind of we need to win almost all of them if we're going to keep going and I always figured Gorham and I didn't have any problems I wasn't happy to make one between us, I'm a lot happier now it's over and I appreciate your help all the way along getting the sword and clean it, clearing our slate with Gorham. So she has this, um, she has this written as bought off Gorham. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, you know, more conventionally might be you defeated the war sworn and, and removed his, his ire and made peace of sorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Svetlana, none. And uh, Bryn, I won't do a scene for this because I suspect it's the one that you're probably headed for. Uh, you killed her already. That got me a relationship point? Yes. Okay. I guess it makes a kind of sense, but ouch. That that was the outcome. Yeah. But, um, that she wanted. Yes. Yeah. She's she's made her position pretty abundantly clear on this. Yeah, yeah, no, she really has. Erevini was your, was, was your enemy. He yeah. needed to die. Yeah, he, he was and he did. Um, that takes me to 25 relationship with Michaela. So I believe I get another aspect. Unexciting. Yeah, because I've got three sets of information with um, yep. 
with um, Brit and Tristram. What have you got of her? What they don't know can't hurt you? What they don't know can't hurt me, and loyalty is beyond price. I've got the likes and dislikes as well I can provide for you. That's fine. Um, So the last one you get is Michaela is somebody who... um, is paranoid. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Is, um... One thing that she does not like to do is just sort of go with the flow. She is not a very happy-go-lucky person. Uh, the aspect she has is chance favours the prepared mind. <laughs> Put it another way, you kind of make your own luck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Are there more likes and dislikes to get of hers? Not that you don't already know. Cool, that's fine. Cool. By this, I suspect that um, 25 marker is a little redundant in some cases. You already hit, um, uh, you already know lots about them at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think at this point I'm pretty well informed about all of them. Yeah. Because I've got, um, that she was the last one that I wasn't on 25 with. Yeah. And then the last question that I have is Zadiga's Picnic. Yes. I have obtained this creepy-ass book. I yep. have a handout with what's in the creepy-ass book. Yes. I have read the creepy-ass book, and I have delighted Tristram with the creepy-ass book. Yes. Um, it was also on my treasure sheet. Do I get any kind of kingdom bonuses from obtaining it, or is the bonus I get all this cool plot information? Uh, so... Which is a perfectly valid um, thing to have. The, the book itself is technically reasonably valuable. If you sold it to a collector, you could almost certainly do so easily. And Like, on the levels you're talking about, it's not worth obscene amounts of money. It's yeah. worth several thousand gold minimum. Yeah. But it's not worth, you know, 200 million gold. No. Regardless of whether it gets me kingdom bonuses, I'm effectively gi- I'm giving it to the kingdom. I'm just, um, if it does get me kingdom bonuses, I want them, and if it doesn't, I'm perfectly prepared to accept what it gives me as now I know stuff that I didn't know before. Um, but no, it does not provide so, you with the matter of um, bonus. That's fine. It has provided me with port information. Yep. Port information is its own reward. Cool, that's fine. Um, so then... Kalen is all packed up. He has um, bought a bunch of... Divided treasure and bought a bunch of stuff. Yep. Um, so, where are we? Um, so, it is... Rover. We have had major storms. I have um, gone out with... McKin- uh, gone out with Bryn... Um, I've been ambushed by a dragon, returned to Elk's Rest, and spent some days recovering. Yep. Which pretty much takes us into Lamashar. Sure. Um, my inclination would be to do the adventure and then have a kingdom turn. Sure. But, um, I just want to note, haven't done kingdom turn on the calendar. That's fine. And I'll do it when I get back. Unless I'm abducted to the first world, in which case I'll suffer all the penalties of absent kingship. Yeah. I'm just trouncing that. 
Okay, so at the very end of Rover, Britt and I, um, having had some recovery time and um, equipped ourselves for our journey, will um, take Hiraviti's body and um, head, um, catch a boat through through Mavoy to... Phytaxia, yeah. To the part of Mavoy that the city of Phytaxia yeah. are in, Mavoy. It is, it is, um, Rasseline has, at least for the moment, and certainly hasn't indicated otherwise to you, that she is just going to leave it as Phytaxia. Um, the kingdom of Pythax is functionally going to cease to exist at this point, because between the land you were seizing from it and the land she is seizing from it, um, there's no more kingdom. But she is going to leave Pytaxia itself as the city because of its proud heritage and blah blah blah. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a way to keep them sweet that doesn't cost her anything that she's not easily prepared to give up. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, she could call it Celine or something, but um, you know, it's not like there's anything wrong with its existing name. Cool. So we spend a couple of days traveling by boat. Yep. And I would imagine we're bringing a small guard force with us. Yeah, I would think so. Among other things, we've got a royal panoply thing here, so yeah. we're going to put the body in that and some guys can carry it, because that's, while Caelan and Bryn can carry it, it doesn't feel respectful. Um, so we've got, um, and then when we continue to take the, the, we'll probably take him in some kind of a decorated wagon type yeah. thing, yeah. and we'll send the guards back on. Because they can just travel back through Mavon and go home. Boy and go home. Makes sense. All right. So, um, you know, the travel through Mavoy is probably pretty uneventful. It's a, very much so. It's yeah. gloriously peaceful. Though. Yeah, it's lovely. And um, but then we arrive in Pytaxia, which I um, would imagine there's a scene somewhere in here. I don't know if that's as we approach the gates of the city or. Um, once we get inside, go back to the fire. Engine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we're literally showing up on Pytax here with Irovetti's body. We are not going to be, um, we we're not super popular in Pytax here, and this is not entirely going to make us more so. But we did tell them we were coming for yeah. this reason. And this is this word has clearly spread well ahead of you around the city. Um, when you show up in your fairly obvious royal procession. Um, People clear off the road immediately as soon as they see you coming and give you a wide amount of space. As you approach, the guards simply step out of your way with the, no manner of um, interview or induction or questioning what you're doing here whatsoever. They step straight out of your way and fall into escort beside you. As Kalen passes, they simply sort of stare at you and then as the wagon passes with a Rivetti's body on it, there's almost a simultaneous hands to heart on the breastplate as he goes by. And this happens across the city. Yeah. But pretty much every person you go by moves out of your way, watches Catelyn, and then salutes Castorosio Arabetti as he goes by. And you are escorted through to the Grand Palace to meet Queen Rast Selene the Uniter. Yeah. Where she will come out and speak quietly to you. Yeah. Um, which probably doesn't need to be much. No, no basically. Um, 
Caleb will ask her what, how she wants to handle, how she, what the people want to do, because yeah. basically the idea is here we want to have some kind of a public funeral absent the actual burying of the body. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, so she, her, her, her and her people have basically their thought is that they're going to put him lying in state for three days. Yeah. Because three is a, a, a yeah. traditional number, essentially. Yeah. Um, and basically have at this point, he's guarded, but he's lying out in pub, in a public accessible area of the palace because she has, among other things, opened this palace back up. It is now staffed by human beings again. Yeah. Um, which, you know, she'll sort of quietly say to you, the automaton, the automatons here are remarkable, but I don't want them around me. <laughs> Seems smart. And so she has opened it right up again, and people can come in and have curiously ogled and that sort of thing. So she's effectively going to set her really up in the courtyard, lying openly in state where anyone that wants to can come in and visit his body. He's got guards, so nobody's going to pee on it, even if they were so inclined. Yeah. And, you know, what are they going to do? They're not going to murder him. Yeah. So, um, Kalen wants to be discreetly offside. Um, he doesn't want to participate in this, yep. but he has a personal obligation to Ravetti, so he wants to be where he can see the body style of things. Yep. So maybe like a little pavilion tent thing off to the side where he can hang out and keep a loose eye on proceedings while not disturbing anybody. And um, unless you have objections to this, um, Rasseline has basically publicised that according to Castruccio Rivetti's own wishes, um, he will lie in state for three days to be mourned by his people, and then he will be buried alongside his wife. Yeah. And with, with no further details given. Okay, so, um, Caleb would like to clarify that, uh, um, Caleb has accepted the obligation to take him to be buried alongside his wife. Yeah. Because I want at least some explanation of why I'm fucking off with the body. Yeah, yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to go into all the details, but I think the, you know, as is the dying wish to Caleb, he's requested to be buried alongside his wife. Caleb has brought him back to, you know, so his people can farewell him and then it's going to take him off. And so the the general impression and takeaway you get from the citizens of Pytaxia is it's a cold shoulder, but it's a very respectful cold shoulder. Like, they can see that you're doing the right thing here. They can see that you're doing what the king would have wished. Ideally, they'd prefer you'd fucked off and fallen down a well and broken your neck and yeah. not conquered them. Yeah. And but, not murdered their beloved king. Yeah. But given that it, given that that has been done, yeah. at least it was you. Yeah. That's uh, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. And you think um, your your assessment is that that blow has really significantly been softened by the fact that you haven't taken Pytaxia. Um, at which point you're less a tyrannical despot that's conquered them and more a worthy adversary who unfortunately won. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, um... Giving it to Rasseline may come back to bite me, but I think it was absolutely the right move in terms of it's much easier for the people to be ruled by her than it would be to be ruled by me, and the advantage to me of the city is just not 
enough to be worth having to rule it with an iron fist because they'd be so unhappy with me. Certainly there are no difficulties for Kaelin or any of Stagpon's people anywhere in here. There's no people throwing fruit at you, people actively booing you, even really harsh words. It's it's a quiet distance, but it's a it's a respectful one. Yep. That's um that's actually pretty awesome. Yay. Yeah. So the, I imagine the three days passes largely uneventfully. Very much so. But I, that was what I wanted, is I wanted to get the feeling of delivering him and letting that play out. Yeah, Rastaline will basically make something of a ceremony of putting Castruzio Rovetti on display to Lion State. Yeah. By virtue of she stands up and makes a speech to allow a, simple, a large assembled crowd on what a good king he was, you know, who made... Who, alas, made some unfortunate choices that have led to this. Yeah. Um, you know, but let us remember uh, what, uh, you know, let us remember the prosperity he yeah. brought. Um, she only sort of loosely touches on Castruccio Irabetti, the man, and Cassiopeia, yeah. his wife, and that sort of thing, because most of the people of Pytax barely remember this anymore. Yeah. Um, um, so while he's being displayed, the faceplate will be open. Yeah. Because that's what he asked me to do as yep. the last thing. So yep. I'd, I'd have shut it for the journey, yep. but I'll have it open for the funeral. Makes good sense. So that gives people the opportunity to have that piece of information for whatever that means to them. And Rastaline openly invites anyone who has, um, you know, memories they wish to share of the king to stand up and speak to the crowd in whatever fashion they please. It's not taken up a lot, and yeah. those it is taken up by um, speaking very broad terms of the great things that the Clockwork King did for the kingdom, you know, and how the headmaster of the Academy of the Arts stands up and speaks about, you know, his um, his great invest- investment in the Bardic College of yeah. Pytax and this sort of thing. He never quite uses the word um, his his great. Um, Commitment? Yeah. It's it's Eravetti promoted and invested it, but he didn't care about it. Yeah. You know, he never went to any of the performances, yeah. that sort of thing, that he didn't that he wasn't absolutely mandated to, but he supported it strongly, but yeah. not enthusiastically. It's a very weird combination. Yeah. As, as if he said, and very much the impression you get is he supported the Bardic College as a serious obligation as opposed to something that he wanted to do. Yeah. Like it was something Castruccio Rivetti wanted, it wasn't something the Clockwork King wanted. But. Yeah. And yeah, so everyone that speaks about him speaks about him in those sort of terms. Anyone who knew him as a man or a friend is dead. Yeah, because, because he's, um, he's, he's, he had a good few years as the clockwork yes. king. Yes, he, he voluntarily removed himself from most of human contact. Yeah. And the few sources that he still had, you have killed. Yeah. Because that's pretty much like Gaitain Koth. Uh, yeah. His uh, would be um, his Cassiopeia. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, if someone managed to murder Caelan by evading his kingdom and then personally killing him in single combat... I don't. I imagine a fair number of Kaelin's friends would go down that uh, yeah. before that had happened. It's fair. Yes, it, yeah. it would take a um, remarkably specific setup for somebody to eliminate Kaelin without damaging any of your council or your allies. I mean, it would be perfectly possible with a sufficiently stealthy assassination, but you know, in a straight up fight, 
I mean, I don't think it would be so easy to wipe out all the people that knew Caelan personally, because that's a much bigger number. But um, certainly I think there'd be less people to speak at my funeral if someone had invaded and then personally killed me in a duel. Uh, I think you'd get a lot more of, um, you know, sort of shunt the half-orc innkeeper yeah. if he's permitted to stands up and talks about that time when he sat down and had a beer with the king and the king solved this problem for him. Whereas Iravetti hasn't I mean, really I made that personal connection with anyone. And I can sort of see Shump saying, you know, and I'll tell you that our king could drink almost anyone under the table. Yeah. Except Corwin, and then tell a story about how the time Corwin got shit-faced drunk and everyone got shit-faced drunk and Corwin was the only sober one left. Yeah, a, a great many people could say many good, good things about Caelan. Yeah. But, I mean, and people, a great many people had a small personal link to their king. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very different relationship. But the thing is, you know, they... Very, very few of them had any kind of personal connection with him, yeah. but they almost all valued him pretty highly. Everyone in, in, in Pytaxia values and respects the Clockwork King. Yeah, and that's a um, that's a that's a thing that needs acknowledging. He is he is undisputedly hailed as a as a great ruler. Yeah, and, and you know the people that don't think so are not going to stand up at his funeral and spit no. on his corpse and speak publicly about it in, no. in exactly the same way that um, undoubtedly the Clockwork King had the same problem you had as people are forever yeah. bitching about everything he does Yeah, because nobody's ever ha- you can never get all the people happy but on the other hand I don't think many people would stand up at Caelan's funeral and say God Caelan was a prick yeah. you know there was this one time where he murdered my sister just because she murdered Svetlana and to be honest I think Pytaxia probably doesn't have a lot of guys left who just show up at public events and shit talk about the Clockwork King and say wildly inappropriate things because I think there might have been a bit of an evolutionary no, process it, it there he really wasn't real big on free speech and dissension yeah I think the survive, his surviving critics have learned about lesson about keeping their traps shut which they're unlikely to abandon at this late date. Particularly seeing potentially they're now having some more freedom of government. Okay, so cool. We have a state funeral for Rovetti. Yep. And then after three days on the um, morning of the 6th of Lana Shan, yep. we, um, Bryn and Kalen get set up with um, so probably like a couple of horses attached to a wagon. Yeah, makes sense. But something that's, you know, relatively small and light to make it friendly to travel through a freaking forest. Yeah, well, effectively, all you're doing is, um... Like, if, if you don't want any of the associated gear, what you can effectively do is just get a single horse effectively towing a coffin. Yeah, you know, that's... A sounds, two-wheel cart. Yeah, that sounds good. What we'll have is a very small, light horse and cart for the coffin. Um... But, you know, still done up in a royal panoply type thing. Just a very small, small mobile royal panoply. And, um, Caelan will ride his horse and, um, Bryn will get and run alongside, basically. To be honest, um, Windchaser will probably actually stop you when you start setting this up and say, Brr. I would like to pull the wagon, pull his wagon. I only knew the Clockwork King mostly after the fact. But Califraxis at one point thought enough of him and I thought more than enough of Califraxis that I can at least ensure 
that his body does not stumble and fall amongst the tree roots. That sounds good. All right, you can pull. You pull the wagon, and we'll we'll take him. We'll take him to where he can rest. Um, so I actually I didn't think of it till when Chase said. Yeah, sure. Um, on the way down. Yep. I would like to um, stop off and let um, Hill Stomper know what's happened. Makes sense. I don't necessarily know that that needs to be a scene. Probably not. But basically, I'll explain a little bit about what happened to Ravetti because I now have a pretty good understanding of what happened to Ravetti, what happened to what I now know about Califraxis. Yeah. And that I'm going to Califraxis's grave to yep. bury Ravetti. Yeah. And just basically. If there's anything he wants me to do, we'll bring while I'm there. Um, no, Hillstopper he'll sort of thinks about it and gives you some advice on the general impression that you're probably going to follow it anyway. Like, it's it's very much, you know, don't disturb Califrax's grave. Um, there are probably safeguards in there either deliberately set up or because the trees and the, and the land washes over his grave that if you start digging it up and pissing it on his corpse bad things will happen but yeah. Hillstop has no expectation you're going to do that anyway yeah no that's fine it's mostly just because like, if I could if there were two horses I'd, I'd bring Hillstop yeah. but I'm not bringing a woolly mammoth he's, he's just a bit big yeah and, That's you know, I don't think... He's getting old, he, but anyway, he probably doesn't want to leave his He actually doesn't here. have any compelling desire to visit Califraxis's grave. That's, um, keep in mind, he's, he's living in a mammoth graveyard. His death rituals are very different. Yeah, that's like, he's true. Just, he's chilling on top of the bones of other dead mammoths. Yeah, that's true. Which he thinks is, is exactly how you should be doing it. Yeah. Putting him in a grave in the earth is kind of... Okay. It's just a weird human thing. Yeah. Cool. Alright, and yes, so we get set up with a wagon with um, Windchaser pulling it, um, and Callum will just be walking alongside at that point, I think, which is perfectly practical. And um, we will head into the, we will head towards the Thousand Voices Forest, at which point I better have a look at my map and see where I'm actually going. B9. B9, yes indeed. Okay, so... I haven't have explored any of the hexes along the way. Yeah. But I'm not going to be exploring them so much as With just... With in tow, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to be walking through them. Cool, so um, can I just have a quick glance at your map? Sure. Yeah, so you've got where the road goes. Um, unsurprisingly, even though you haven't explored this one, the road connects up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the road, the main, the main road is a very well travelled, very solid road that goes out of Pytaxia, goes along for a good way through the farmlands. Yeah. Turns up towards Littleton and then becomes a bit less travelled. Yeah. But at about that point, you're turning off the road, and marking west, I believe, to um, C nine and B nine. Yeah. So that means I'm. Travelling through two grassland hexes that I've walked through in the past, Correct. which is why I know roughly what's in them, but Correct. still haven't explored. Um, and then I'm heading into um, C9, which, which is, is totally grassland as well. a totally unexplored hex. Yep. Grassland with nothing obviously remarkable about it. Cool. I walk through it. Yep. And that takes me to B9. Yep. And so you can see the edges of the forest of Thousand Voices. This is a big forest. Yeah. Um, 
the edges of it are going around the top of the top of C nine and the bottom of C nine. Yeah, around those edges. Um, and when you head into it, the first thing you will notice about this forest is that it is very thick and very old. There are huge trees in here. When you travel more than about an hour in, the sun falls behind you, and just where you are, you're just getting the smallest dapples of light through as the sort of overgrown branches upon branches come through. There are some strange plants in here that you can't quite put your finger on, that you haven't really seen elsewhere, that put you very much in mind of the first world. They're not... It's not like being in the first world, but it is eerie. Mm. And not particularly oppressive, but just strange. Mm. And in this, that, that goes on for about an hour or two. And then you start to get to a segment where it really does feel oppressive. Nothing changes in the nature of the forest. You are still walking through, walking through trees and thick roots. But the bird song sounds a little more muted, and you have this itch on the back of your neck, like someone is watching you and judging you. And it just generally makes you uncomfortable. Like Kaylin's instinct here is just to turn around and leave, and you actively have to sort of push that aside. To the extent that you notice that when you stop thinking about where you're going, you actively start getting lost. Bryn has eased effortlessly enough woodcraft to do this without um, putting all that much effort in. But she says to you, we should be heading more, more nor'east from here. And then about ten minutes later, sorry, I lost track of the trail for a moment a little more noise again it's, this is easy I mean who can't find their way who can't find their way through a forest like this well it ain't exactly my strong suit but it seems harder I mean you know I know I've, we've been out in our forests around Elkstris pretty well that I can go out there without you and not get lost while I'm looking for you or whatever. And this... I don't feel like I could get to know this forest. I don't think it, it wants me to. When I lose... When I stop focusing on it, I lose track. Miss a step. It's uncomfortable. And she leans forward quietly towards you and says in a quiet voice, And we're being watched... The animals, the birds, even the trees are on its side. They're looking at us. They're moving as we do. Kaylin flinches very slightly. Well, we're only here to find this place and then we'll be gone again. Kaylin slurs in an ever so slightly louder voice. You continue to head along this way. 
and the trees begin to rustle and whisper as wind blows through them, the branches moving in and out of each other. It should be kind of peaceful. I mean, Kaylin's, uh, you know, likes nature. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Bryn loves nature. Yeah, I don't like it as much as she does, but a lot of things, because of the woman I married, a lot of my happy memories have taken places in forests. Yeah. And I've, um... And, you know, Kaylin never had any problem with them. He's just, um... You know, they're not his favourite places, but he's come to like them a lot. But he doesn't like this one. But there is that rustling sound from the trees... It goes on, continues, and as you walk further, you can almost hear. I mean, it couldn't be a voice, but then you swear it. It is just at the edge of your perception that rustling is starting to become words. This place is not meant for you, man of. Thought that was coming. Be gone. We ain't staying, but we need to come in. Be gone. No, not till I've done what I've come here to do. And you walk on from this and walk around and Wind Chaser is um, actively really useful here because a normal horse would be significantly more skittish you think. Yeah. And also this is actually really hard going. Yeah. You are trucking through thick forest and trees and the trees are not literally moving but it's certainly creating that impression. Yeah. And at some point Kalen goes to step around a very large tree and There is a face on it in the bark, a vaguely human thing, scored by the pattern and shapes with two thick barkish eyes here bending downwards, a curved mouth and a bend of the tree, and sap rolling down from its eyes as if it is weeping. And you hear it again as you look at this face. You should not be here, man of metal. This place is not meant for you. And Kalen will at this point draw Matchless Sentinel and split it into its two respective halves and recombine it as Relentless Hunter. Yep. And then he will hold Relentless Hunter up. I go where I choose. And I will resheave it. Yeah. But, you know, before I do, I hold it, and it's tree-blighting, fey-killing ability. Just, you know, I hold it for a moment. And the rustling quietens. (laughs) And definitely, I'm not going to hit anything with a sword unless I have to, but you don't want to be the thing I hit kind of way. (laughs) And Bryn watching around the woods... Makes a knowledge nature check. I don't see any sign that Fay have settled heavily in this area. Not many of them anyway. Our own woods are far more active. Yeah, Polavish and the others said that this place was bad. 
Get the ladies. You can get to the ladies' castle from here, but I don't understand it. But then I don't always ken these fey things. You would think if it was her influence, it'd be a place that'd be friendly to the lesser fey. But just because perhaps it depends on what's on the other side. Certainly, in this part of Thousand Voices, the forest itself must go on for endless miles. It can change very quickly. I, we don't know that that what what else is here, but this must be the hostile part. It makes sense that this would be the hostile part because it seems that this is where where she died. This is what killed her. And Ikaelin's undertones go very so slightly murderous on the last one. As in, um, what killed Cassiopeia? Yeah. yeah. Can you hear it? The tears crying? No. There's something weeping in the woods quietly. It's there. Voices rustling, like thoughts rustling through the trees. They're crying. Let's keep an eye out for anything that needs help, but it might be a trick. And as, like, Kalen goes as dead silent as he can and listens out, you can just hear faintly on the back of the wind the sort of. Mind you, they do call it the Forest of a Thousand Voices, don't they? We've certainly heard a fair few so far. They do. Let's continue on. Aye. You move through, and she looks down and basically sees, again, the same sort of thing. There, There are animals and birds in here but significantly less of them than she would expect in this area, probably because they get the same sensation you do. Uh, and effectively what she's picking up here is any intelligent animals have sort of left this area a long time ago. The less intelligent ones are still here. So it's like a lesser version of the Vorticai's evil, which sort of anything that dream, dreamt decided to leave because it didn't like dreaming of dying and eventually all the animals were gone. Yeah, kind of thing. But because it's, oh, because because it's, it's a lesser, lesser version, version, it's only the, the, the bright animals that are going, yeah, I want no yeah, part of this. She, she reckons wolves are not here, Yeah, which she finds very troubling. Yeah. But rabbits are. Yeah. And... At some point, when you're sort of about three hours into this area, um, she will look at you and to be her best method of doing this. Um, she just leans in again very quietly to you. There's nothing there, but I can feel the eyes on me. The trees are watching us, and something is moving up ahead of us. I think we're about to be attacked. Good to know. Forward into the ambush. Yeah, forward into the ambush. Yeah. 
and she needs to make a stealth check for that because the trees are listening to her as I do this. And of course. Even the woods are on their side was a nice reference. Yes. Yeah. They're remarkably perceptive trees, but they are not um, that bright. Yeah. <laughs> and. What you see as you come through, uh, you can actually give me a sense motive check. Okay. On the forest? (laughs) Yes. Make a sense motive check on a forest. Okay, I'm sure I'll be awesome at that. Alright, 12. I think it doesn't like me, but I, I may not be. That is what you think. And you think it doesn't like you. It does. The forest does not like Kaelin. The forest doesn't care about Bryn one way or the other. But the forest does not like Kaelin. Something about him makes him substantially worse than Bryn. Like, hypothetically, the fact that he sways from head to toe in iron? Very possibly. Yeah. Which shouldn't actually matter if they're sentient plants as opposed to fae. Yeah. And Bryn definitely thinks what she's picking up here is plants rather than fae. So the fact that you're in metal doesn't mean anything to them, per se. It's not going to hurt them. But possibly it means something in a different sense, and the same reason druids don't traditionally wear huge amounts of metal on their bodies. Very likely. And... You come out into an area that is full of stunted trees, and the more you go, the more sort of dead they look, yet the area is getting darker and darker here as the canopy grows more and more overhead, and the trees seem to have more and more faces twisted and warped onto their bark, and at some point, one of those faces begins to turn very slightly and imperceivably towards you. Imperceivably to all but Bryn. Yeah. Um, who will give you the quick elbow as suddenly and without much warning, one of the trees in front of you and one of the trees behind you simply erupts out of the ground with a roots pulling up and the face on the bark twists in hate and the tears begin to roll down from the sap. And the trees begin moving towards you. Tree that weeps. Yep. Okay. And the tree itself uproots out of the ground. And the whispers rustle from around the wind, but they're definitely coming out of these two trees that are heading towards you. We told you you should not be here, man of metal. This place is not for you. And, um, I quick draw, I, um, will either, depending on the time I've got, will either draw or put my hand to Relentless Hunter. And I told you that I go where I choose, and this is your last chance to, to not die today. We will keep you from him, broken one. Man no more. Metal now. And they charge you. Cool, and Caleb is going to commence with the stabbing. And I don't know if you want to fight a bunch of trees now or if you want to leave it there. Uh, 
I think it's only ten, and it, 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 this doesn't seem like it's going to be a super long fight. And um, the um, it, it sounds pretty awesome, and I'd like to to have one battle. Sounds good. Cool. Would you like to do a map for this? It is not um, super complicated terrain, but there are huge trees with big roots, and it is all difficult terrain unless you expressly have like druidic undergrowth walking powers. I do not. I I don't feel like we need a map per se, but I wonder if we want to use like some minis just to make sense. Pace it out. Hail Kalen, King of Stagfall. Hail. Bloom was being used as Giant Jack. Yep. Yeah, or rather, I used um, Giant Jack, used Brenner's Giant Jack. I don't get to just be in melee with them. Because yep. that, you know, if they um, rush in with me, they get to attack first, and if they don't rush in with me, um, then I have to rush in and grow up from there. Doubtless large amount of reach. Cool. Alright. So these... These are huge, big trees. Um, like 50 foot tall, so they're dwarfing Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And they burst up out of the ground and appear to have been basically moving to flank you and box you in, but have not succeeded in doing so by the virtue of the fact that Bryn has seen them. Yep. Um, so you actually have the advantage in setup here because even though they see you somehow, they know where you are. They know where you are, and they know where you're going. They haven't actually gotten the ambush they're aiming for or on you. Cool. So, at this point, we're into roll initiative. Yep. Good lord. That's a very good number for Kaelin. Kaelin on 19. Uh, Bryn on 14. Bryn on 14. I always think a good day when he beats Bryn in initiative. And the trees that weep. Uh, tree number one is on uh, 14, and tree number two is on 8. Okay, so Bryn beats tree number one. And tree number two. Yeah. So it's us, then, them. Yep. Relatively simple configuration. Okay. So these particular trees burst up from the ground. Everything here is difficult terrain, so you're on half movement. Um, and there is that, uh, that oppressive feeling doubles and then triples, and now you not only have the sensation of someone watching you, but someone touching the back of your neck. Continually. The other trees around you rustle extensively, far more than the wind would generate, but do not otherwise move. Okay. And you're up. Okay, so how far back am I from front tree? Uh, that is up to how how you want to set it up. You have walked in with the advantage here, so you can be right on top of it, you can be back from it. Cool, so... I'll be here and Bryn can be where does she want to be? Behind me? Yeah. Behind me? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that gets her some more op- tactical options. So Caelan will be on top of tree one, at which point he will um, 
quit your relentless hunter and um, wants to stab the tree yep. and use blight. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, so is this I roll a stab and I use the blight ability? No, or? this is you hold the sword up yeah. and you invoke the power of blight yeah. and you cast blight at will, which I believe is a standard action. Yeah, that sounds about right because it's a um, because it's a combat spell. So. Effectively, the sword enables you to cast the spell as if you were a 15th level spellcaster who knew blight. Cool. All right, so I'll just dig up blight. But that's in lieu of attacking. You don't stab yeah, people yeah. with it. You simply wither them. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with. Alright, it's a little plant of any size. Okay, so it's a fortitude set. So um, I think we'll do this via yeah. dialogue. And it, it's, um, I told you not to cross me. And boy, today was the day you should have listened. Let's see how this works. Blight! Take the hold the flip the sword up, toss the sword up, catch it by the cross hilt, shove the cross hilt into the bark of the tree, yep. and um, as I say, blight, and let the power erupt from the sword. Yeah. So this is you aim it at any single plant. If it's not a plant creature, it just dies. So if yeah. you want the tree over there dead, it withers, cracks, and melts. Yeah. Um, uh, although it's uh, the spell itself is touch range, I don't know if. Um, uh, yes, it is. Yes, so you do have to. Be, be you don't have to hit it with the sword, but you have to. Yeah, well, you do have to hit it with the sword. You have to make a touch attack. Yeah, but you are not stabbing it. You are just grazing it with the blade. Yeah, right. So because it's a touch range spell, I you need still to make need to make an attack. Yeah, because if you cannot lay the sword on the tree, this doesn't do anything. On the other hand. It is a huge tree, so yeah. you are not going to struggle with this. Yeah, so I need a 31 to hit its touch AC. Yeah. You recognise that the only difficulty you would have in touching Blight to this tree is if you somehow slipped and rolled a 1, which you can't do. Yeah. So you don't even need to roll for these. So, okay, so I make a touch attack on the tree. Yeah. And then the tree makes a fortitude save... Um, uh, to only take half of 15d6 yeah. points of damage. And as you touch it, you can feel energy arc out of the sword, and the trees around it begin, the edges of their leaves begin to blacken and pull away from you. The tree that weeps, however, seems to still stay standing for a moment, as if it is somehow absorbing this energy and Blight has to push to overcome it. It has spell resistance. Oh, nice. So you need to actually make a check to overcome this. Okay. Caster level is 15. Cool. So I make a spell resistance check as though I'm a 15th level caster. Correct. Cool. Alright. So that is a 21. So you're... Which may not be enough to do it. Push out something there and Blight's energy pushes through it. Sweet. At which point it makes a fortitude save or what... I imagine won't be enough. Uh, not might actually. It's fortune It's fucking horrific. Um, so I, I presume the DC is fifteen, given that I'm a fifteenth level caster. Uh, no, no, that's that's not how it works. It's um, you are a fifteen. Uh, it is DC 19. Okay. You might as well write down. Yeah, I shall. Change. 
because uh, it's, it's effectively based on the premise that you are casting this as a fifth level spell. Yeah. Um, and that makes you an eighth level caster, which makes you so intelligent, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and because it doesn't have a save DC listed on there specifically, it's a regular save. Yep. Cool. So the tree does seem strong enough to actually resist this in some fashion. It made its fortitude. It made its fortitude save. Right? Good for it. I right, we'll roll 15d6 damage and then halve it. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to roll 76 and um, double it. So, alright, and I get 50 points of damage, which is then halved for 25. Yep. 25 points of damage. The tree blackens and withers of this, and leaves fall from its branches, but it does not break. Yep. And then, Brim. Well, plants that live. Not good for eating. Not good for hunting. Would have been happy enough to leave you alone here. But when you stand in our way, you become our prey. You know the rules of the forest. And she will very much run up it, skipping over the branches. Lands on the other side with ease. Makes her tumble check. Yep. Has such ludicrous movement that half-speed rolling 30 foot through difficult terrain doesn't actually um, slow her (laughs) up in any meaningful capacity. It is. That is about as fast as she can go doing this. Yeah. Uh, so she will roll to the other side. She knows not to bother trying to stun the tree. Yeah. Um, so, and she's not going to try and net this thing either because she doesn't see it working terribly well. No, I think there there are some foes that the net is too big for and that would be one of them. So she's just going to waffle it. She will reach out and strike it, and actually finds this more difficult than she might think, because it is a big tree. She slashes at it and rips a chunk of bark off, but only just. Yep. And only really with Kaylin's help on the other side. Yep. And deals it uh, 16 points of damage. Sweet. Of course, these things are going to have monstrous amounts of hit points. This Imagine. appears to work. Slashing at it. Cool. And then it is the tree. Yep. So this one uproots itself and comes moving over into what would have been the flank. Um, these things are not fast yeah. at all. You get the impression it is absolutely sprinting. Yeah. And it goes kroom, kroom, ponderously through the trees to move 20 foot to here. Um, The other one will simply, in front of you, will simply turn its wrath on you and the ground underneath you erupts 
as roots and tendrils go smash, 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 smash off your armor. Because I would imagine it has a fair range of foot action. Metal will not protect your broken and missing heart from us. And can you just give me your AC? Is that also the easiest method of doing this? Sure, um, 31. This, this, this hit. This hit. So this cacophony of metal sounds off as six roots burst up from the ground and smash into you. Um, most of them bounce off your armor without harming you. A couple are deflected away by your waving blade. Some of them do strike you, however. Do I need to separate these? Do you have DR of any kind? I do not have DR of any kind. Can you take 19 points of damage? Yep. And then one of the roots that hits you flicks you off your feet, throws <laughs> you into the air, and throws you towards the tree's mouth where it gnashes savagely at you. Wow. And it grabs you, goes, <gasps> bites at you, and attempts to punch down but doesn't pierce through your armor, and then you pull out and away again. Cool. Alright. And that is number one and number two, and then it's you again. Cool. Alright. Well, that worked a bit, and I think I might try it again, but first let's try this the old-fashioned way. Aristotle. Give me the power to spite this threat that attacked us when we were just walking by. And I will smite plant. Yeah. And four attack it. Okay, so I re-roll that, because that was a one. Alright, so, um... 36. You are flanking it. Yeah. So, yes, you hit it. Cool. Alright, so, um... This is my regulation brand um, D10, D6 acid plus bonus. Yep. Do I need to separate any of it out? Uh, you will find the acid just bleeds off the tree without harming it. Cool. So, just the regular weapon damage then. Okay, so that's... Uh, 22 points of smite plant damage. Cool. And once the blade does dig in through the heavy amounts of bark, it does rip into it. It doesn't appear to have useful DR here. Cool. Alright, next attack. Uh, 
meaningless at this point. Yeah, I think we'll worry about that when I'm fighting something that actually um, is... Like, I've got the greater dispel magic, the dimensional anchor, and the... Actually. Uh, you anchor it. Oh, okay. does actually have a point. Okay, alright, there we go, I anchor you it. You wouldn't think it could teleport, but you wouldn't be quite right. Okay, good tip. Alright, I dimensional anchor it. Alright, and then my third attack um, is a m- getting on the lower side. Um, so this one's not smiting, so I just hit the flanking bonus. Yeah, Brent's so. takeaway here from Knowledge Nature is basically look tree monsters. Yeah. Uh, 19. Damage or uh, to, to hit? I'm not asking. even close. Yeah, I didn't think it would the be. The blade simply bounces off the mark. Yeah, and um, when I rolled poorly on the third attack, that's generally all she wrote. Cool. So Kaelin, Kaelin gets two solid attacks in and then misses the third one. Yep. And Bryn will just try and rip at it. of damage all up with two attacks that actually land. Sweet. It's got a pretty decent AC. Yep. And then a tree lurches and a tree attacks. A tree lurches and it goes towards you ten foot. Yep. Uh, And then one smashes you to bits. The one in front of you smashes you to bits. Yep. Whips you up into its mouth again. Yep. And again fails to chew down on you. Cool. The one that is staggering up behind, like, Caleb sort of glances back and goes, well, okay. <laughs> you know, the threat of a slow-moving tree, we'll deal with that in a moment. And then roots erupt out of the ground underneath you from it. Right, cool. Sixty-odd foot away. Wow. They smash out of the ground at incredible speed. Yeah. But it presumably doesn't get to do as many attacks as the nearby tree. Correct. So, like, so it's presumably it's got a reason to be lurching towards me. Uh, it deals you another ten points of damage. Okay. And the root grabs you, picks you off the ground, and yanks you thirty foot towards it, basically throwing you through the air. Wow, that's impressive. Um, so I presume this isn't an effect that's counted by freedom of movement? No. I don't think so. Uh, it is not grappling you, yep. it's pulling you. That's fine, that's a different thing. Yep, that's fine. Because freedom of movement, I believe, doesn't prevent you from being pulled. I don't believe it does. It's about gra- it's about yeah. grappling and things of the gra- grappling nature. Okay, so I'm now 33 between each set of trees? Yep. Okay. Which apparently have 60 foot reach. That's awesome. I'm thrilled to hear. Okay, so it's probably less relevant now, but I still want to know. Um, if I hadn't been yanked 30 feet back, yep. and I wanted to cast Blight again, yep. does it provoke? 
Uh, no, because you are not casting a spell. You were using a magic item that's cool. activated by standard action. All you do is poke it with the sword and channel it with your brain. Sweet. But that's what I was going to do, but now I have a problem, which is that I'm more than 20 feet away from the thingy. You can't run fast enough. Uh, um, I can, um, I can charge it, but I don't think, I, I don't think I can charge, charge it and a spell, a, a spell attack. Correct. I can charge it and make a standard attack, which means I also don't get to full attack it, so, and then I'll drop my AC. So it's a bit of a bitch across the board. Uh, and can you make me a... I would take a heal check for this. Okay, well then almost certainly not, but I'll roll it. Eight. Cool. There is nothing that is observable to you in this melee of combat. Yeah. Continue with your life. I'm just trying to decide, because I really don't want to take... I really don't particularly want to drop my AC. But, um... The thing is, if I don't and just double move in, then, um... Um, I can't hit them and they can still hit me. Yeah, well, particularly as um, presumably the other tree can do this as well, so they can yank you back and forward 30 feet repeatedly. Yeah. Alright, um, I'm going to take the risk and charge then. Yep. Um, so for the next round my AC is 29 and I'm going to hit it with a single um, attack. Yep. And I'm going to smite it again. Um... Does it hit? Does it? Do I provoke on the way in as I charge towards it? Oddly enough, you do not. Cool. All right, it's a one, but I can't roll them. The um, its roots do not appear to react quickly enough. By the time you get there, they have not yet burst out of the ground. Tanya's doing me wonders today, man. I'm glad I smited on that one. All right, so that's. All right, that's a um, that's a um, twenty-eight to hit. That will miss. Oof, brutal. All right, I use a smite. Yep. And fail to injure it. Yep. But I am flanking with Bryn again. Which is lovely because she is having trouble hitting them. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's going to remotely try and trip the tree. I don't think she sees that ending well for her. <laughs> Uh, hits with one of her four shots. Yep. And in all fairness, when she hits, she's bringing it, so that is 15 points of damage. Good. She's doing great. And... If it only didn't have a bajillion hit points, we'd be on fine form. The tree is actually now bleeding sap. It looks like it is bloodied. Oh, thank goodness. Cool. Because, you know, the, um... I was fine with killing one of these things, but I'm not wild about the fact that they can both hit me, and particularly yep. not with the hurtling thing. Okay, and it is tree one and tree two. So tree one pounds the bejesus out of me again? Yes, it does. Cool, it's got it's aiming for 29. And they have uh, basically directed nothing at Brun at this point. They don't like me. Uh, it's like I'm carrying some kind of a blighting weapon. Uh, a single one hits. Cool one. I, deals I, you five points of damage. Good for it. Throws you into the bite, and that will be a 30, which is going to hit you. Yep, so it gets to bite me this time. So this time the the root flips you up, sort of throws you into the moor, and the moor goes, 
snap down on it and you feel all the weight of a multi-ton tree crushing down on you. Yep. And at that point you can take 17 points of damage. Yep. And then... Make me a reflex save. Alright, well I'm going to take... Just give me a minute and I'll take the damage. Cool. Uh, 25. And a will save. Oh, ducky. Oh, net 20. 35, but it doesn't matter. So you basically push and shove at this thing and try and pull your way back out of its mouth, and what you notice is that its mouth is gumming sap onto you and almost starting to stick you in here, uh, which is probably irrelevant to you with the frame of movement yeah. anyway. So briefly save gets yeah. out of this regardless. Yeah. You probably s- slip your way. Yeah. But it's effectively trying to entangle you in sap. Yeah. You pull your way out of it, and... For a moment, this primitive thought just takes over your mind of, you know, trees do not move, this tree moves, the tree will kill you, run. And a sense of cold panic and fear runs down your spine and tells you to just sprint off into the woods as fast as you can. Yeah. And then Caelan's thought reasserts itself here. And you realise it's an external fear effect coming from the tree. Excellent. It makes you afraid. But it does not succeed in doing so. So it merely deals me a shit pot of damage. Yep. And then the other tree gets to attack me. Yep. So the other tree, does it move forward or is it content with its position? It really doesn't need to. But yeah. It's got no incentive to and doesn't want to. Yeah, well, it's and a... Real... It, and it appears to be quite smart enough to have worked out... Yeah, the, 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 I want it to move forward now. Yeah. These are definitely not dumb trees. Yeah. Uh, however... Roots erupt and smash around you and flick you up and trop, throw you off balance and all that sort of thing, but none of them get through your shield and blades. Yes. As none of them hit you, it does not pull you. So you're remembering that that's the 29? Correct. Cool, just checking because... Yep, that's fine. Okay. Um, they, they need to roll moderately to hit you and they did not. Cool. So I, um... I survived this round. Yep. Speaking of being bloodied, Kaelin looks like he's been gnawed on by trees quite a bit at this point, and yep. it's definitely... He's definitely got a fair amount of hit points, but he, boy, he doesn't have the same number he had when he came in. Yep, and they have totally ignored Bruin. Yep. Alright, and um, at this point, Kaelin will once again flip the sword up, press the crossroads. Well, I'm standing next to you again. Bite... And will deploy his um, blight attack on the street. Yep. So I make touch it. it. I, I touch it, and um, it makes a fortitude save. Uh, you need a spell resistance check. For oh, yes, that's right. I need a spell resistance check. All right. Um, that is um, uh, twenty-two. Yep. No problem. Happily, the um, the sword is a very good caster. Yep. Um, and so it makes a. For- I'll roll the damage and it can make its fortitude save. Uh, which it will not succeed on this time. Oh, that's thoughtful of it. Alright, so 5, 10, 19. Alright, 44 points of damage not halved in any way. Ow. Yep. It's one of those things... 15d6 is actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's definitely one of those spells you want to make that fortitude save. 
I mean, I mean, it's got spell resistance, and uh, I think probably pretty good for it. It's certainly putting the effort into surviving this. So as you touch Blight towards it, the blade of the sword for a second turns black, and the tree goes crack, and there's a hard split down the bark in the middle, and its branches begin to wither and just die away. And it is now impossible to miss that something similar is happening to the tree behind you as well, as if they're interlinked with each other in some fashion. Ah, uh, this is the heel check that I failed to make. Yeah, Blight only targets one of them, but yeah. the other tree is taking some of this damage. It doesn't look like it's drawing damage off the tree that you are blighting. This is a weakness, not a strength. It's, right. not, it's not saving the other tree. Yeah. It's suffering with it. Sweet. Alright. And the tree looks considerably more awful than that. Alright, so it's not down. It is still not down. Cool, but it is badly hurt, and I will take that. Okay, Bryn, save my bacon. Yeah, look up there. Well, she's doing a lot of damage when she hits. She only has to hit a few times. One or two times, I hope. Uh, Two shots. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Twenty damage to it all. Okay, and it is it's still, still locked down. Yep. Okay, and then unfortunately it's the tree's turn, but at least I've made some progress here. You are not alive, but you can still bleed, man of metal. You do not live, but you can die. This forest is not for you. I'm not the Clockwork King. It simply repeats back at you, you should not be here. Yeah, it it thinks you're Eravetti. Yeah. Alright. And it doesn't draw the distinction. Yeah. Okay, so that's going to be this miss hit. Hit. Miss. And then... Oh yeah, I am using his sword. Yeah, that. Okay, yeah. Uh, so hit, hit, and confirm crit. That is not what I wanted to hear at this time. So 20, 29. Uh, 31 points of damage total from all three. Certainly not what I wanted. <laughs> yep. And it throws you into its mouth where it gums you. That's very thoughtful of it. I'm glad it missed it. I hit for shit with its um, ridiculous pipe. It's doing a ton of damage. Yeah, yeah. It's got six attacks around and then a seventh if it hits with any yeah. of the six. And then I would presume the other tree would like to have a crack at pummeling me? It certainly would. Uh, oh, it's miss, 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 miss. One hit. That's a problem. Uh, seven points of damage. Yep, that's not the part I'm worried about. And it does not seem to be capable of throwing you into the mouth of the other one, so it will yank you, and then it will come closer to you. Oh, that's thoughtful of it. Moving to protect its fellow tree. Yep. And then it is Brun. No, then it is you. Okay. All right. Kaelin is going to take the opportunity at this time, while he is in melee with neither tree, to um, draw and drink a potion of cure serious wounds. Because he's certainly starting to feel the tree impact. 
So, um, Cure Sirius is, um, 3d8 plus something or other. Third level one. Seven. Yeah, seven. Okay, so. So that, and Kaelin recovers 20 hit points. Frankly, doesn't look that great, but um, he's uh, buying himself a little bit of time here. Are you getting monster debits at this point? Uh, well, I was on 39 hit points, yep. so I kind of wanted the total to be a little bit higher. That's fair. The trouble is now the trees can hit me again, but so this plan does revolve heavily around Britain now killing this tree, which may not happen. But. Uh, so Bryn can come to you and try and heal you. Or she can keep waffling on the tree. Healing me would actually probably be a greater contribution. Um, I don't know that she is going to get there this round. Oh, yeah. Even with her movement speed? Oh, right, it's all difficult terrain. Yeah, so uh, because she's got to tumble through the tree, yeah. that halves her. Um, at which point uh, she is only able to move 35 feet. And the tree itself is 15 thick. Yeah, no, so, um, she, um, I think she should just hit the tree and see if she can hit the tree. I know her chances of hitting aren't as good. purpose here. You have the wrong man of metal. Not everything is alike, just as every tree is different. <clears throat> Fools all of you and runs up the tree. I am not big, but any termite can fell a tree. <laughs> runs up, leaps across it, grabs a big rip of bark as she rides down, snaps a branch off it and rams it into its face. <laughs> And the tree shudders, collapses, and falls down, oozing sap from everywhere. She deals 24 points of damage and kills it. Good stuff. I'll replace that base because that gives us the huge... the other one is now shaking and bleeding sap from no readily apparent source. Nobody's actually hit it yet. Yeah. But it is still up. So it's taking some of the damage that the first one is, but not... Yep. All of it, or it would be dead. And it is, um, tree, and it is tree two's turn. Yep. But the point is, I'm not now going to be attacked by both of them, and I can, I'm pretty confident I can survive one of them. One hit. One hit. Uh, have six damage. Okay. And it flicks you up, throws you into its mouth, where it ineffectually endeavors to mash you again. Yep. Its teeth appear to be sensationally sharp, far more effective than the roots, and yet just your armour is clearly designed in the right places to defeat it. Yes. It's got a vastly higher to hit with fight, but it's still rolling like shit. And and I appreciate it, because I really couldn't take too many of those bites. Alright. I'm not Castruccio Rivetti. But I don't like being bitten very much. But I don't like be- if people trying to kill me very any more than he does. And um, 
Kaelon will once again reverse the hilt yep. and hit it with blight. I make a spell resistance check. Yes, I do. Uh, which I succeed on. Yep. Um, and then it makes a fortitude check. Which it fails. That's very thoughtful of it. Uh, this one was kind of a lower roll of 34 points of um, damage. The tree withers and branches wilt, collapse, and just snap off. It definitely looks thoroughly bloodied. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Alrighty. Kaelin looks well and truly bloodied. However, it's, um, it's definitely um, both of us looking pretty tired. And it is Bryn who probably just runs, like, really fast, but can't quite get there, I would have imagined. On the other hand, she's not in melee right now. How fast can she go over difficult terrain, over 60 or 70 feet? Uh, well, here's the fun part. Uh, now, with no tree in the way, Bryn takes a handful of steps forward and pushes off the ground, and sort of <laughs> pounces and leaps, and endeavours to jump over the difficult terrain, because her jump check is um, uh, plus 50. Sweet. So she is much better off trying to make a really long distance jump than she is running it. And she has enough movement to get there, so that is ball awesome. She runs forward, springs off the corpse of the tree, runs up its trunk, leaps off it, lands directly behind you, passing over all the undergrowth and just kind of swinging off one of the trees, lands directly behind you. Husband, my alpha, be safe, defend the pack, puts her hands on you, and you feel her channeling her energies into you, and have 41 hit points back again. Oh, wow, that... that I love my wife. 41? Uh, I may actually need to put that up again. Let me just double check that. I don't, I don't think I've leveled her homeless body with her. Ah, yes, I have. Yep, 41. Yep, and... She can do 42 a day. That's 41 of her. Yep, and Kayla looks considerably better. Like, just much better. <laughs> He's still taken a fair amount of damage, but that made a huge difference to his total hit, hit point total. I love you. <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> and then it's the tree's turn. Yep. Uh, the tree can now do its full attack. Uh, have you hit this one yet with your sword? Uh, I have not. Have you dimensionally anchored. I have not. I hadn't thought of that. I have not dimensionally anchored this one. And I really should have, but I got all excited about blighting it. Not sure that actually advantages it really, however. Nah, it's gonna eat you. Kill. That's the, um, I don't know if you know the spell tree step. Yeah. You walk from one tree to another. Right, yeah. But that doesn't really help it, because it still wants to kill you. Yeah. And moving behind you, or sneaking up on you again, isn't really gonna help it. Yeah. Uh, miss, 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 hit. Miss, hit. So two land. Four, nine, 
14 total. Uh, yep. So, that's nasty, but... Well, so much less nasty that it wouldn't be a small for bread. Um, this time... Oh, it like, gets the It bite yanks you into its mouth and savages you thoroughly with a near crit, but not quite. I, well, I'm happy it's not a crit. That would be 17 points of damage from the bite. Yep, let me um, track that first before you... Um... Alright, and then a will save? The, yeah, the reflex save is irrelevant because you can't be entangled. Uh, that's not a 20, but it is very good. Twenty-seven. Cool. That's actually um, not amazing amounts over what you need. Right. So, so it's a big, big nasty. The cold see. fear runs up, Kalen, as you feel that sensation that not only this tree, but every tree in this entire forest, all of a thousand voices are watching you, pursuing you, hunting you, and you just need to run as fast as you can away from them, abandoning every other thought in your head. And Kaylin indeed pulls back out of the sap, turns to flee. Yeah. And you imagine this would probably do very bad things to you if you were both um, panicking and compelled to flee and unable to do so because you were trapped in sap. Yeah. Like possibly taking some kind of mental damage as I endeavour to flee and can't style this thing. Uh, or possibly something like becoming helpless. Uh, as you yeah. just, instead of doing anything useful or escaping, you just kind of glide there going, <laughs> flapping your arms and legs instead of meaningfully dodging or doing anything. Nasty. Alright. Alright. You're a nasty piece of work. But I feel like I've got the weapon for you. <laughs> blight. And I blight it again. It's hard to argue with. That's what blighted will is for. Yep. Alright, and I make the spell resistance check. Yep. Because um, I know I make it on a six, and yep. that was an eight. We'll fail, we'll save the fortune saving in, so. That's very thoughtful of it, and that is a considerably better roll. Explodes. I'm not sure it does, but um, but this is uh, there, yeah, that's a lower one. Uh, Fifty-five points of that's definitely the best fifteen D, effective fifteen D sixes overall. So at this point, you cut down upon it and just slash a small amount of bark off the slot off the side. But it is the negative energy that leeches out of blight that is the problem here black tendrils of mould and rot spread, spread phenomenally rapidly across the tree and its face twists and shatters as it just collapses into a black, dark powder as the whole tree caves in on itself, rots instantly, withers and dies in front of you. And as it does so, as that is both of them, there is a wave of some energy rippling off at the corpse of it, and you and Bryn can both make me a will save. Uh, that is... Oh dear. 
Red will fail that. Uh, one. Twenty-three. So, so I might as well. Ah, uh, it's a different save. Ah, uh, So, for a moment, that cold fear comes over you again. The trees everywhere watching you, hunting you, and then you push it aside. Um, and turn to see Bryn. <sighs> Everywhere. Everywhere. Can't run. Have to fight. And she leaps on you. Crap. <laughs> yep. Die! Cut the, cut the trees down. Cut them all down. Okay. This this is going to be bad. Good news is she doesn't try and stun you because she thinks you're a tree. Well, that's fantastic because... um. Uh, 31 she's going for. So yes. Hit, miss, miss, miss. Kaylin's AC is his friend in terms of headbutting. It was mostly the stunning I was worried about. She could absolutely stun, stun me and then just bludgeon me unconscious. Uh, so definitely 31? Yep. Cool, she does not confirm the crit. Yay! Uh, for a mega 17 points of damage. Well, Kaylin does not rejoice in the circumstances here. As Bryn leaps on you and slashes at you and starts biting at you, trying to rip your bark off. Yeah. Alright. And we remain in initiative. Yeah, absolutely. Alright. Um, okay. Um, is there such a maneuver as getting Kaelin, as getting Bryn, can I force the sword on Bryn? Yes, it's grappling her. There's, there's an um, attack them with their own weapon thing, which I think is what I would absolutely use for this kind of thing. Because the thing is, if she was wielding Relentless Hunter, its dispel magic effect would kick in. Correct. I'd have to survive one more round. Cool. All right, I'm going to make an opposed grapple check to force Bryn to take the sword. Yep. Totally unworried about but she will resist because she doesn't want to be thrown into your war and eaten. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, she'll roll another one, however. So oh, you, that's thoughtful of her. Uh, you do have to touch her, however, which might be less easy than it sounds. All right. So um, let's call that the opposed grapples. All right, so I got a 29 to, gra- to grapple, but yeah. I first need to... You make, first need to, to make a touch, touch AC, AC, which yeah. is harder than it looks. Yeah, but... Uh, would a nat 20 help? Yes, it certainly would. I roll a nat 20. Because a touch AC of God help me 25. Okay, so I probably needed that nat 20 to pull this off, but... I made, or something very close to it, but I made an at 20, so I successfully hit her touch, AC. Yeah, so Kaylin reaches out to grab her, and you know, like, because you can read her at this point, that she is going to dart left, because that is where she goes when she is stressed. <laughs> and darts left, and you hook her by the sort of scruff of the neck and hold her for a brief moment as she savagely sort of kicks and pulls yeah. and bites at you, and you are grappling her. Now I just need to look up. How much headbutting damage she can do me while in the grapple. Ah, uh, I... The, the attack them with their own weapon grappling rules are not, um... the thing that comes up a lot for yeah. some reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Grab, grapple. Grab and hold them. Uh, uh, you don't have proof grapple, do you? I do not. 
Cool. So, so she gets to hit me while I do this. Which she fails to do so. Cool. It's easy. Make melee touch attack, post grapple, blah, blah, blah. You are now grappling. Uh, you can hurt her with an arm strike if you so choose, but presumably you don't want to. I don't want to. It's um, I don't want to hurt her. And, it's a, um, and, and you're not going to knock her out with one hand. Yeah, and I hideously pour her out arm striking. Uh, Okay, cool. So that's what you've got at this stage, you yep. hooker. Yep, and then she gets to make whatever she can do to attack me while she's in the grapple with me. Correct. Uh, Bryn does not make any effort to shake your grapple whatsoever. Cool. Uh, she is reasonably happy on the whole being grappled, particularly yep. in this sort of state. She yep. just starts making a string of attacks on you. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, she will go straight for making a string of opposed grapples to deal you unarmed damage instead cool. of trying to escape. Yep. So, can you make me uh, four grapple checks? Sure. Uh, which we'd probably better do in order. Thirty-three. So, uh, yeah. So eighteen. That one's a fail. Uh, the next one is a. 22. So just beat it or don't. Uh, I beat it. Cool. The next one is a 29. Uh, I crit fumble and I can fumble the grapple checks. Yes. They're not. Um, They're so not. she beats me on that one. And a uh, rather pathetic 15, which I imagine you will smack up. Uh, I, I didn't roll a 1. <laughs> I'm fine. So as you are trying to sort of hold her and force this into your hand, you you push her hand open and she just hooks you with a big scratch yeah. across the side of the face and deals you 13 points of damage. Cool. I'm really glad that she healed me because um, this would be incredibly difficult to take if I hadn't been healed. And then it is back to you. And I am now in horrible condition. Um, but not about to drop or anything. Alright, um, but the important thing is, Bryn, we have now had a round yep. in which Bryn has been holding the sword. So the yep. sword's ability kicks in. Correct. And it greater dispel magics her. Uh, no, you haven't forced the sword into her hand yet. Oh, the, right. Because you've grabbed her. Oh, right. But you so, haven't yet attacked okay, her so with her own weapon. All right, so this. So she spends her round horribly savaging you. Yeah, and then, okay, You now, spend your round forcing the sword onto her, at which point the ability then triggers. Cool. Okay, so I spend. All right, I make an attempt. I make a opposed grapple check to uh, so force the sword into her uh, hand. Uh, yep. Make an opposed grapple check. It's, it's like an inverted disarm. I don't like this number, but I don't have any hero points. Uh, that's a twenty-three. Uh, she is not like amazingly strong. Or an amazing grappler. So as she brings her hand back to claw at you again, you recognize what's going to happen. You see her hand swing in and just bring the sword up, crucifix like to block it. And she grabs it, sort of slugs you lightly, throws it to one side, and brings her elbow back up to smash you in the nose. Uh, at which point your turn ends. You have yep. successfully forced her to take blight. Yep. And Grand Dispel Magic goes off. Yes. Uh, so roll me a caster level check, a caster level of 15. That's the sort of number we like to see. 
11 plus 15, um, 26. So she then pushes back off your chest, um, tries to pull away from you for a moment, reaches reaches in with her, reaches in with her jaws, her curved teeth, and then there's just this dawning light inside of her as blight begins to glow very, very faintly. And you see in Brynn the change is relatively subtle from the hunter from the savage hunter fairly biting and clawing at whatever she can to the hunter in control. The eyes flicker and change and she <sighs> Not a tree. <sighs> Pulls you in, kisses you. Caleb wins slightly because you know he's been—he's pretty badly. He's—he's not in tremendous shape. Pushes off you, drops down away from the grapple. Threat checks round the other woods, and (sighs) nothing watching now. Just trees. You all right? What happened? There was something there, like you, but not wood. You were taken by the forest, made part of it. Uh, no, love, that was me. It was the um, the dead trees doing something to your head. You were, um... Out. Hitting me. Mm. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I got, um... I got Relentless Hunter into your hand. And it, um... Okay, we'll take it and yep. it. Um, and it, um broke the spell on you, that's what it does to its wielder, so I knew you could I knew you could wield it, you're not like Tristram, so I gave it to you and and it fixed you, which was great because I you know, I mean if it was me and I was going crazy you could knock me out cold, but that's not so much my my thing. I was kinda hoping if that didn't work that you'd snap out of it once you'd knock me out, but um I'm just as glad we don't have to find out. I certainly hope so. It's it's been a long, long time since I wanted to kill you. I I know, love. <laughs> Come to that, I wouldn't be in this good shape if you hadn't uh, uh, fixed me up just then. Oh, but I think I might um drink a few of the things I carry around for me for an occasion like this because I I don't want to I don't want to rest here. I think we'd better press on. I think that's probably a good idea. I don't feel like we're being watched anymore. Forest still feels strange, but there could be others of those weeping trees out here. And it's going to occur to Kalen that he does not carry enough potions for this kind of thing. Alright, but he's going to drink what he's going to drink basically if almost all of the things he carries with him. Brun's got several, though. Cool, I may borrow um, one or two of those as well. As Kalen endeavors to get from 33 hit points back to 147. If you join the trees on their like 210 something hit points. Go team trees that weep. Yeah, they were brutal. Yep. Believe me, it's much worse if you're a spellcaster. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine. Well, for starters, it's the anyone without AC gets hit and hit and hit and hit and hit. Yeah. Um, Secondly, they absorb spells. Yeah, yeah. And then um, anything that doesn't pass its spell resistance gets thrown back at you as a, as a fear aura. Yeah. So you spend the time just panicking and running around like headless squirrels. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite impressed by these, these weeping trees. They're quite cool. 
And the slow moving tree plus 60 foot reach is a fun combination. Yes, yes it is. Alright. And, um, it's actually cure light wounds is plus one, cure moderate is plus three, so cure serious must be plus five. Correct. I had the plus seven wrong. Comes it comes out. So that's minus six for overbalancing that. Alright, so Kalen drinks all of his cure mods and all of his cure lights. And it does not do him staggering amounts of good. Alright. It definitely looks a little bit better. And um, he wants to save his cure, one remaining cure series for emergencies. He is definitely not carrying enough potions for a guy that's this high level. And um, he's going to use one of his restoration ointments as a cure light. And then um, would not mind borrowing a potion or two from Bryn to add to that mix. Well, Lynn, uh, what would you like? She has multiple lights, moderates, and seriouses. Uh, one of everything sounds about right. Go nuts. You might cool. as well roll it. I'll run. Cool. Oh, Bryn's cure light is a good potion. And that brings Kaelin up to 98, which is um, not fabulous, but um, at least enough to be going on with. Alright. And you continue onwards, heading for Calafrax's grave. And Bryn can find the area trivially. The survival check she just smashes through here. Um, when you get there... What you see is the forest is beginning to lighten again. That sensation of being watched falls behind you. But there is, coming up on the lightest and most pleasant looking area, there is a circle around it of vines. They are not terribly high, up to about waist height, but it's definitely a... Not unnatural looking, but it looks like it has been intentionally grown. A big circle of intermatted vines going around here. Bryn sort of looks at them and says, Hmm. Don't think we should force our way through them. Might set something else off. But I could step through. The first world is close here. Yeah, yes. Yeah, hold on. Takes the wagon, takes the horse, takes you, and dimension doors across them. Yep. <laughs> Which she can do seven times a day. So. It's so great. I was wondering if you were going to dimension door when you said about the difficult terrain. Yeah. But the, the no, jump... she, she can just jump it because yeah. it's on the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, on, the other hand, on one hand it would be ludicrous to try and make a 50-foot jump check. On the other hand, that's only like a DC 50, which she can do with... Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, but this time she dimensioned doors. That's so great. Yeah. And on the other side, you are standing in a calm and empty grove. The grass is growing here thick but not terribly high. And there are two very obvious patches where the dirt looks totally undisturbed by this stage. But there are two large, solid, thick clay stones, both of which look like they have been made by hand rather than by a machine, and both of which look like they've been inscribed by hand by a, um, rather than made by a machine. One of them reads Califraxis, the other, of course, reads Cassiopeia Ereveti. And that is probably where we will leave it be for tonight. Yep, dum, dum, dum. dum.